137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, Ahoy, and a vast welcome to the fifth Hidden Treasure episode of Pixelated Paranormal. Hopefully this should be our last one, and shit should be popping by Halloween. With me, as always, is Preston. How are you, buddy? Doing pretty good. What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, goblinettes, and uh, skeletons, skeletors, and crocodunes, and crocodingos, and... Uh, Rugaloos and whatever else you want to be. See, the the problem is, like, the dude already ragged on us for having too long of an intro, and your nicknames for everybody are going to be up to, like, 20 minutes by the end of, like, the month. So let's talk about the other co-host of the show. Big Steven is back. What up, professional boofer? What up? <laughs> man, so much has happened um, since the last time you were here. Yeah. Well, heck yeah, man. Um, anything new or exciting with you, Steve? We'll We'll kick that off real quick. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, yeah, like we went to, uh, it's kind of awkward, but uh, I went to a wedding. Um, unfortunately, it was the same exact fucking day as Preston's wedding. Yeah. And uh, my girlfriend's son was in in the wedding as the ring bearer, so we had to go to Minnesota for that. So I apologize for not being at your wedding, man. No, it's, it's all it's all good. A long I'll, pause. I'll, 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 I'll let that one pass. Uh, I made the joke last time though because I, I saw the, the the pictures on Facebook of you guys getting ready, and it's really uh-huh. it's 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 heartwarming to see the relationship blossoming between you and Bentley, and like you were helping them get ready. And then I was thinking to myself, yeah. "Fuck!" Like if Steve was in town, like this motherfucker could be helping me getting like my suit on, <laughs> tying my tie, because I'm trying this one handed, and my fucking kid is like, I don't know how to tie a tie. Uh, I can't get this built, well, Dad. And I'm like, where's Steve? This is where well, I needed Steve. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Your son would have been helping you get get dressed, um, because me and you would have already been in the other room. Uh, and I'm your fluffer, so yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but and besides, dude, Blake was too busy worrying about those badass cufflinks that he had, which are fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw a picture of him, Steve, but he's wearing Bart Simpson yeah. links with Bart pulling his pants down. Fresh. <laughs> so tight. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm walking up to the uh, the chapel and I just hear, could it be? Is it really him? And I looked over and he's like, Uncle Sean, you got to look at my cufflinks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> yeah, they're fucking awesome. And Presto, you had, what did you have, Homer Simpson and Duff Beer? Yeah, so mine was Homer and then uh, Duff Beer, and then my uh, tie clip was uh, Homer Simpson in a tuxedo with a Masonic apron on. So that's <laughs> fresh. Yeah, I was I was decked out. We actually had another guest there that Jeffrey had commented, um, kind of in the early stages of planning the wedding. Like, she wanted a bouncy house, and one of the brothers was like, do it! And he kept going on about this bouncy house. And so we had, like, yard games outside. And so uh, Brother Vince was out there shooting the shit with Blake and was complaining about not having a bouncy house. And I guess Blake told him, like, I guess if you don't like your yard games, you can just leave because these are fun. 
And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry. Oh, Blake. Blake the Bulldog, man. <laughs> right, right. Congrats on getting married again, man. That's fantastic. It was a Thank very you. beautiful ceremony. Thank you. Yeah. President, check your I, check your phone. Do I dare? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> do do we say congrats? Or is, is it you know, keep it under wraps? No, that's a, that's a congratulations. Oh awesome, yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Steve. I'm so, happy for you, buddy. I just sent uh Preston I showed Sean the picture last night, but I sent yep. Preston the then Sean the picture in the chat. It's a sonogram. We are almost eight weeks along. And Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats. Pretty exciting. It's what they call the rainbow baby, so it's uh pretty exciting. I'm gonna be a dad. And today we found out that um they have like this new technology. I can't it's like sneak peek or something, and you can determine the sex of the baby up to um six weeks of the pregnancy. So Whoa. she went ahead and did that and we got our results today because they're really fast once they get them they emailed to you and we got the notification that it's going to be a boy so i'm just going to suggest and throw it out there a couple names you don't have to roll with them i won't be you know hurt but i'm thinking like freddy cougar derome you know michael myers derome yeah Yeah. Uh, he's right see what i'm throwing down there buddy uh well so i can't use i've already tried to use nicodemus Zedekus, <laughs> Satan, Nicodemus. Lucifer, uh, Paimon. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's go with Blade. So go ahead and uh, just uh, give Sean and I uh, Katie's number, and we're just going to troll her with, like, horror <laughs> names, and she'll eventually just cave in and be like, fine, whatever. Will you just shut your buddies yeah. up? Right. You could do Kappa. You could do Shirimi, yeah. which is the ghost with the eyeball in the butthole. I mean, it's unlimited yeah. potential yeah. here, man. It's really untapped. Mothman. <laughs> yeah. Mothman Moth. I like it. I like it a lot. Ingrid Cold. Yeah, there we Damn, go. Dude, holy shit. Oh, shit. Awesome, awesome. You get awesome. trolled so much. Oh, God. Doesn't matter, man. It's about you. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. Awesome news, man. Yeah. Pretty excited. Thank you. And uh, we'll be doing like formal announcements and everything. So it's kind of cool that this is like in the treasure. Treasure yeah, chest, yeah, like type yeah. thing. That's pretty sweet. I like that. I like that idea. Yep. Yeah, it'll be nestled somewhere right around episode uh, one fifty two, I believe. Because yeah, the, as of tonight, what is today? The twenty fifth of October. Um, the first one hundred and fifty one episodes are up on the new feed, and then I've made it a goal to have the rest of it dumped in there, um, so we can drop the two thousand twenty two Halloween special as our first full episode. On the new feed, so yeah, good stuff. Plus, if nobody was paying attention, um, it'll be fun to go back and find these five episodes uh, after the fact. Hell yeah, man! Yep, yeah. Mark will officially kill the old feed on Halloween as well. So yeah, it's dark. A little sooner than I anticipated, but hey, that's fine. Get it over with. Rip the bandaid off, and then uh, move forward. Excelsior. Tell a dark he's killing on Halloween, man. It's fucking fitting as fuck. He's like R.I.P. to that shit. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, well, Presto, you had a pretty interesting and eventful trip. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Because that's going to roll right into the yeah. main topic of tonight's show. Yeah. Um, so the the wife was trying to come up with ideas for the honeymoon. Damn it. And 
So hold on, hold on. The first idea for yeah. you to call her by her fucking yeah. name. Yeah. So yeah, the first episode hot. since since okay. the 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 um, honeymoon consummation. Yeah, consummation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, we we should expect nothing less than this motherfucker to instead of say the lady, yeah. Yeah. the yeah. wife, the wife, the wife. The old ball and chain. Yeah, like, like so. The old ball and what, chain. What is her name? I, like, I literally don't know her name. Okay, so Jeffrey was trying to prepare <laughs> like honeymoon ideas and trying to figure out like what we're gonna do, and um, I had suggested kind of like along uh, right off the bat, you know, San Antonio, the River Walk. I thought it would be really romantic because you can actually take like boat rides down the river, and then you know you have all the the restaurants that have the balconies and the lights, and it's just a really great atmosphere. It's like you're in Paris. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so she's like, great. Put it on the list. Boom, first stop, and then she's like, "Well, how many days we're going to spend spend there?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I mean, let's take like a whole week. Maybe, you know, what what else would you like to do? Let's, you know, put together like a little road trip." And she's like, "Oh, like a paranormal road trip." And I was like, "That is the best fucking idea anybody has ever come up with for a honeymoon. I, we should do it." And he got a chill. So we we started out <laughs> in San Antonio. Stayed at the Manger Hotel, did a ghost tour, and then left. Uh, so we got there Monday night, stayed Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night, Thursday morning, drove down to New Orleans, where her brother is currently at, and then stayed there for two nights, and then drove to St. Francisville to, to stay at the uh, Myrtle's Plantation, and then finished off the trip uh, going to... Um, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and then we stayed at the Arlington. So over the course nice. of all those places, we stayed at four haunted hotels, all historic. And then um, I was doing the math the other day because somebody was commenting on the Facebook like, oh, did you guys have an experience? And like every single hotel, like, did you guys have an experience? And I was thinking back. So this makes our seventh haunted hotel that we stayed at. We've had two actual experiences between those seven. So, like, if you do the math there, we're, like, sitting at 28% odds that something bad or something creepy is going to happen. And, Gotta get those uh, numbers up, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Book more rooms. Booking.com. The Myrtles did not let us down. Uh, the Myrtles has a lot of bad juju going on. But um, with the... You know, the, the trip that she planned, you know, I have to give a shout out to Jeffrey. She did an amazing job planning this honeymoon. All the stops that we had, we had an amazing time. It was it was fantastic. It's awesome. And man. Uh, I, I have I I have like a year's worth of show material because each one of these stops. I mean, you go to New, New Orleans, uh, we got uh, like a nun convent that's actually the home of the vampire lord. Uh, there's all sorts of creepy shit that happened there. You know, the Arlington has its own haunted history. And while I was sitting there getting a foot massage in the spa, my mm-hmm. main man, Bob, hooked me up with a personal story. Uh, it was just like... Did you record it? Uh, no, I didn't record it, but, you know, my memory's not shit yet. And uh, it was funny because... Because as we were talking, he's, you know, what 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 brought you guys to the Arlington? I'm like, well, we're on our honeymoon. Oh, uh, what made you stay here? And I'm like, well, we're kind of doing like a haunted road tour. And he's like, oh, you so 
you know, you, you wanted something to happen. I'm like, yeah, you know, not necessarily, but my buddies and I do Preston, a podcast. This is how porn starts, by the way. Yeah, this guy yeah. sounds like a plant, bud. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, a podcast. What do you guys talk about? And I'm like, you know, Bigfoot, UFOs, the unusual, the strange. Well, let me go ahead and tell you this story real quick because you guys won't judge me. And I was like, oh, holy shit, Bob. Like, uh, I mean, this is like the best uh, story I've ever, you we know. just become best foot friends. Massage. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we just became best friends, Bob. Don't take this the wrong way, Bob, but that chub is because I'm excited about the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, you know, San Antonio itself, uh, I didn't realize, like, just in that general Riverwalk area, there's like six now, or hold, seven. Hold on two seconds. He told you a story, and you're not going to share it on this episode. Are you sharing that on the uh, Halloween episode? Uh, no, we're going to share it on its own, like, you know, Arlington Hell Hotel yeah, episode. Good. Um, oh, okay, cool, cool. Okay, yeah. perfect. I just didn't want anyone to sit here and be like, oh, this fucker, like, just not going to tell Teasing us. Teasing it, man. Yeah, we calm down. Coming back for more. Yeah, (laughs) and then uh, you know San Antonio itself. There's like seven haunted hotels in the Riverwalk area, and I was just blown away with like all the different stories and lore just around that. So I'm like, holy crap! Like I really did my homework uh, for the show for the next year. Like, good job, Jeffrey. You're the best, honey. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. badass, man. Congrats. Just chalk the honeymoon up to uh, research and write it off on the taxes. Yeah, and the, mo- and yep. the most important question you're probably going to be asked, um, how much of the pr- promotion of the show did you do? So, <laughs> other than Bob, not a lot. But here's the thing. I discovered that my brother-in-law listens to the show, uh-huh. and he's like, dude, it, it's I, I love it. And um, so on the road trip, I, I – I kind of like, you know, I listen to so many different podcasts, so in, in my mind, like, I'm always kind of, like, trying to figure out, like, where in the grand scheme of things do we fall? And, you know, I kind of rank us a little bit lower than probably what I should, um, but some of these podcasts have been doing it for so long, so I just decided for shits and giggles, you know, we're on, like, driving six, seven hours at a time, like, let's put on some different podcasts, and then after we listen to them, you know, we'd get like 20, 30 minutes in and Jeffrey would be like, honey, shut this off. This sucks. I don't want to listen to this. And so, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we'd go on to the next one. We'd go on to the next one. So then, I, um, you know, I'd get the notification like pixelated paranormal updated today. I'm like, oh, here's a couple of shit. Fuck. I don't even remember what the fuck we were talking about. Like, <laughs> it's been so long. I'm like, fuck it. Let's play it. And then she's sitting there giggling and laughing. So I said, OK, serious question. Like, you know. You listen to five different shows. Where do we rank? And, you know, she said, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Don't get hurt. But she's like, you guys will never outdo Mysterious Universe. And I said, fair enough. You know, Ben and Aaron hold a special place in my heart. So I get that I won't take Mm -hmm. that top spot. But then she started listening to all the other podcasts. And she's like, I would at least put you guys number two. She's like, I know there's other podcasts out there. But compared to, like, this podcast and this podcast, like, you guys really – have a nice, you know, even flow. You bring a lot to the table. So, you know, you have serious research. You have comedy. Uh, fuck you, Josh, because she said she loves the chit-chat in the beginning because it makes us, <laughs> the listeners feel like they're part of the gang. And, you know, Wait, we're a solid, a su- yeah, yep. a solid silver place is what she gave us. And then my brother-in-law kind of said the same thing. Like, he was like, well, you know, Mysterious Universe, they promised to talk about a topic 
and then they don't ever bring it up. Like, they just get on these tangents, which is, like, cool, but I want to, like, when you say, like, you know, Bigfoot fuck somebody in the forest, like, I, I want to hear that story and, you know, not about whatever else you guys no, are talking Preston about. Definitely, definitely delivers yeah. that shit. And then yeah. you raised your eyebrows and said, have you ever heard of our late night episodes? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so he he promised, he said, you know, if you guys send me, a, a like, stickers, he'll fucking plaster them all over Louisiana because he he's an HVAC specialist, so he works in and out of <laughs> New Orleans, so he's all over the road. Um, and he'll slap them on the side of units, slap them on the side of bars, slap them wherever you think you can slap them. Um, I don't want to say he's a number one pixelated fanboy, but I he's probably pretty close. So. I should say he might be. Mm, yeah, like, we yeah. got a battle going on. Who wants to step to the plate yeah. out there? <laughs> right, show us your devotion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prove your worth awesome. to the Preston, guardians. What's his name, man? What's his first name? So Albert. Thanks, yeah, buddy. Albert. We're gonna, Albert. We're gonna awesome. be sending. Yeah, we're gonna Albert? be sending you those stickers. <laughs> That's a great fucking yeah. name, dude. Yeah, it's a classic it's a classic name. name. You don't hear a lot of Alberts anymore. So. It's like Prince Albert, awesome, yeah. the fucking dude on the tobacco can, Albert Fish. Yeah. The awesome whole entire time during the Alberts. wedding, like I kept telling the I kept telling Blake, I'm like, hey, like, go take that to like Albert. And then I'm like, but you need to sing the song like Uncle Albert while you're doing it. And Fat like, Albert. I don't fucking get it. And I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. I've I'm obviously not taught you well if you don't know that song. So Yeah, that's your fault, Preston. You failed him. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. Awesome, awesome. So uh, you'd say Louisiana was a pretty big hit then, huh? Yeah. Um, just between, like, the Voodoo Museum and then just the shit that when we walked around, like, Bourbon Street and the French Quarter with him, um, all the the history and just the weird vibes going on, like, holy fuck, dude. Yeah, right. Like, maybe that whole entire <clears throat> state, like, maybe not just New Orleans, but the whole entire fucking state, I think, has bad juju going on. Damn. So I've I've been to New Orleans as well, and I got uh, one paranormal story and then a couple funny stories. Um, not that I experienced anything paranormal, but we took a, a ghost tour, paranormal tour, and it was like one of the ones that's like advertised on one of the signs in, in the French Quarter or whatever. And uh, we took it, and it was like, oh, go here. And I th- oh, it was like a haunted bar tour. That's what it was. And it was just go to all these bars that are kitschy and, and whatever. So we got all these things. And then during that time, which was really cool, is that I had just previously watched uh, American Horror Story Coven. And hmm. that I had watched, like, the whole – I had binge-watched it. And then I went to New Orleans because I was like, oh, this would be cool. To do that. So then uh, Kathy Bates' character, LaRoe mm-hmm. or LaRoe or whatever her name is, the one that, like – got the sleighs and chopped them up, put them in the walls and shit. Like you get to go by her house and, and the, or the, the house that where that property was and like some of it still stands and then they rebuilt onto it and shit. So like, it was just really cool to, to go by there. And then, um, but like, didn't see anything spooky or nothing. Uh, but there was yeah. one bar. Did you see, did you see that bar that was completely blacked out? Um, what was the name of the bar? I have no idea. It was, I mean, the concept is, is that it's this bar and, uh, there's no lights. The only, the only lights that are in the entire thing are bracelets from the wait staff and necklaces from the wait staff, but no patrons have lights, no phones, nothing. And it's, it's really sketch. Um, it might not exist anymore. I don't know, 
But um, when I went there, I was like, dude, I'm sober as a gopher, so I'm going in here, and I know exactly what I'm going to do. I uh, paid the five dollars to get in the, to get in the bar. They all went and got order ordered their drink by one of the waitresses, uh, and then <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'll go in." And all I did was just bend down and take my hands, and then just scoop up. I walked out of that with like fucking forty dollars, man, forty or fifty bucks. <laughs> it was so tight because <laughs> I knew people would be dropping change out of their fucking pockets. But yep. Um, the other thing with the the bad uh, the the bad juju and stuff, there's like an overwhelming um, feel of that. I f- I feel like that that's always been there, just because of all the, the voodoo and spooky shit. But mm-hmm. definitely after uh, Katrina, because were you there? You were there during the day, right? Um, we were. So we got there Thursday night. Stayed all day Friday and then left Saturday morning. When you were driving on Friday, did you see any of the like um, area that was underwater at one point? Up to the no, point where so, it wasn't? So like all, all day Friday, we basically walked the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. And when we left uh, Saturday morning to go to St. Francisville, mm-hmm. uh, basically like tent city. So you're getting under the freeway yeah. and it's just nothing but lined with like tents for yeah. people who are like still displaced. Yeah. And like, and you get to see, like you get to see the water line. The water line was so, because of like when that water comes in and all that bacteria and chemicals and half sewage and everything else, mixes with that water and all that sludge and then it gets in so like it'll you'll see it on the sides of cement coming up to like freeways it's crazy so like there's still just this dark looming feel in new orleans and not to mention that like the crime like especially since covid like i ain't gonna lie dude like i would have been i would have been kind of nervous being down there in today's time it's just hella, hella dangerous and shit i see shit on reddit all the time Shots ringing out around Bourbon Street and stuff. It's so scary. Yep. So I'm glad you guys know, made it back safe. Did you notice the, uh, when you were down there, did you notice the Romeo spikes? The what? So all the houses on like on the French Quarter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, <laughs> yeah. If, if you look at the balcony, um, halfway up the balcony, there's like this weird like spike contraption thing. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we learned about on our uh, voodoo tour. And um, I forgot all about that. Basic, basically, if you had like you're a plantation owner or you lived on the French Quarter, and you're well to do, like you had a virgin daughter, her bedroom would always be on the top floor. So the would be suitor would have to climb the poles, and so they decided to put these like iron spike, like ball cluster fuck looking thing. And then if you made it up without cutting yourself, good on you. But then if you made any noise and then somebody came out, you would have to go down that pole really quickly. Nine times out of ten, something would get caught. So you would, like, cut open your leg really bad, maybe, you know, rip your sack open. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of like their number one theft, like, ADT system of the 1700s. (laughs) That's amazing. It's like the ultimate chastity belt. Yeah. <laughs> like at that point, yeah, just yeah. take the beating. Yeah. Just stay yeah, in the room and take the fucking right beating. Up. I'm not going to like cut my leg. Yeah, get peppered up with some shotgun. It'll be all right. God no, forbid. No. Yeah, yeah. God forbid you, you have sexual relations. 
Yeah, that was a whole different time. It's a though. sin. You know? I mean, <laughs> back then it was. <laughs> I know. Fuck them. <laughs> well, that's the problem. They could have had those Romeo spikes, see? You're not even paying attention to the story. I know. I'm just ripping sacks over here. <laughs> just ripping sacks, yeah. You guys been down to the uh, ripping sacks quarter in New Orleans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, by the title of the episode, the main topic tonight will be the Myrtle Plantation, because that was one of your big stops on your trip, so I guess we should shift gears from all the uh, catching up and uh, living vicariously through your trip, and let's get into the main topic, shall we? So, first of all, the Myrtle Plantation has been covered on countless ghost shows, um, History Channel documentaries, and so on and so forth, but let me just kind of give you a somewhat abridged version of the history, and I got this from allthingsinteresting.com. So the Myrtle's Plantation started out as a piece of land that was purchased from David Bradford, a general of the American Revolutionary War, where he built a house on the 10-acre plot back in 1796, and he named his property Laurel Grove. Now, he was fleeing for justice from his role in the so-called Whiskey Rebellion back from 1971 through 19, I'm sorry, 1794, and thus he built the house on the then Spanish colony. Now, he lived there alone for several years because of his sentencing and being on the lam, so to speak. But after he was officially pardoned by U.S. President John Adams in 1799, he then brought his family to live with him on the new plantation. Now, as things do, because, you know, life expectancy wasn't very long, he died pretty early on, and then he passed the grove off to his daughter and her husband, Clark Woodruff. Let me interject some history here real quick. So, originally, like, back in that time period, the one thing before, like, the Declaration of Independence was signed that wasn't taxable was when you farmed corn for making whiskey, and then as soon oh, as yeah. George Washington became president, he's like, fuck that. Fuck those guys. Tax it, tax it, tax it. And that caused this rebellion, this whiskey rebellion, which this guy was a part of. And it, they burned down courthouses. They had protests. And he kind of got panned as the leader, even though he maybe not didn't have his hand dipped all the way in the cookie jar. It was enough that they basically made like a federal warrant for his arrest and they were going to hang him. So back then, Louisiana wasn't quite a full state. So it's basically like hopping the border in Mexico. He's like, peace out, dog, and started this <laughs> plantation. But we, normally when we think of plantations, we think of like crops like, you know, cotton and, you know, other useful things. He was still like, fuck it, I'm going, I, whiskey, whiskey's my thing, like, I love whiskey, and so he bought the property, bought the land, planted corn, and it was like, you know what, fuck the government, I'm all the way over here, they can't get me anyways, and so he was actually growing corn and producing whiskey from the site originally, and then he, he kind of, like, in his later years decided, like, hey, I was a lawyer, I do enjoy teaching people, so he opened it up almost certain rooms as like a school to where he could teach law. And that's where his son-in-law came in. He decided to take up law there and learn, fell in love with his daughter, and then they got married. And then that's how he kind of passed it on to that guy, which now I'll let you continue. Oh, awesome. No, no, thanks. Yeah, clearly you got a better history than I did from this 20-minute uh, article I read. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. 
Now, so after Bradford's death, the grove is then passed on to his daughter and her husband, Clark Woodruff. But their life there wasn't quite a happy one, and as we'll find out, only one of their three children would survive to adulthood. It was during the time that Woodruffs lived on the Myrtle Plantation that we get the first glimpse of the first bit of paranormal activity. So the popular story goes that Clark Woodruff was known to be an honest man, yet he had one fatal flaw. The dude was a giant horn dog and couldn't get enough sex. So it wasn't too long before he then focused his attention on one of the slave girls on the plantation, a young woman named Chloe. Now, at first, the young girl was refusing his advances and, and you know, didn't want to slip up and start having an affair with the plantation owner. But quickly she realized if she didn't, then sadly she'd be punished by working longer hours, purposefully out in the sun, or worse. So, not having much of a choice, sadly, Chloe began an on-again-off-again sexual relationship, aka affair, with Clark Woodruff that would last several years. Now, worrying that the Woodruff's wife would find out and punish her still, Chloe began eavesdropping on the family conversations. Only one day she was thus caught, and to suffer the consequences, Clark cut her ear off as punishment. Jesus. From then on, Chloe was forced to wear a turban to hide her disfigured ear. And understandably, Chloe wanted revenge, so one night when they sat down to eat dinner, Chloe allegedly slipped a little bit of poison into their food, and within days after, Clark's wife and two of his three children were dead. Damn. Now, the other slaves caught wind of what happened, and they didn't want to be involved, so they did some good old-fashioned, um, what would you call that, martial law, and took matters into their own hands. They grabbed Chloe one night and hung her from a nearby tree, where sadly she succumbed and died. And they cut her body down after she passed away and threw it in the river to cover up what they had just done. So, according to legend number one, Chloe's spirit still lives on, haunting the plantation, though she wouldn't become the only ghost to haunt the property. This is like one of those gray areas where, because of like record keeping, um, most people tell you that that story is complete bullshit, or most of really? it is made up. Um, they'll tell you that the, the family, including the, like, two daughters, um, the mom, and I th or no, the, yes, I think he had, like, four kids. So there was, like, two daughters and a son and the mom that, that died. So the legend is, yes, it, it was from the poisoning of the cake. Um, rec historical records show that it was actually yellow fever. Yellow fever was a thing at the time. Mm -hmm. But I'll get, I'll get back to that in a second. So he originally... He was really in love with his wife, and there are letters, correspondent letters between the two of them that really document this very nice Victorian, you know, love life going on. And um, so as we were, you know, getting the tour, it, it was very apparent that, you know, they really were in love. Like, this was a very happy couple. And he did come across a slave girl, a very young African-American woman. But she was also very close to the age of the children at the time. So she was 14. And at, at that time, the, the kids were like 8 and 7. So originally, it was the idea that this person would be 
really good to take care of the children for us. Um, there were nothing in the letters, the correspondence between the husband and wife that shows there was anything weird or sexual going on. Mm-hmm. And what we were told during the tour was knowledge is power. And because she was living in the house, um, because she was the caregiver for the children, that she would eavesdrops on conversations so that she could help the manipulation of of events. It kind of gave her a one-up. And he caught her, and so, yes, he chopped off her ear and then basically kicked her out to the kitchen. And they called that uh, the whistling way. So when you were in the kitchens and you were a servant and you were basically bringing food to the family from the, the basically the, the kind of like the back of the plantation, like there was in between buildings, there was like kind of like this walkway. They were required to whistle because if you were whistling, that proved that you weren't trying to shove the food in your mouth and, you know, and to eat it. She got so attached to the children that she was trying to find a way back into the house. Like she genuinely missed these kids because she was the one that was actually raising them. And he went on some business trip and was out of town. So it was basically just the wife, the kids, they were celebrating a birthday. And so she had put the poison in the cake. And then the next day she woke up to the mom screaming because one of the daughters had already succumbed and died. And then the son died and then the wife died. And then when Mr. Woodrow gets back, he's like, holy fuck, like everybody's dead. What's going on? And then it's really unclear whether or not she was actually hanged or like she was just executed. Like there's there's no clear historical facts on what exactly happened. But then he was just like, I just got this one kid left. This fucking land sucks. I'm just getting the fuck out of here. And so he took his only remaining daughter and then sold the plantation and went to New Orleans. Damn. Oh, fuck. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Mythbusters. Yeah, this dude, he's all about it. <laughs> Damn. You remember okay. all that? You must have really had a good time with this tour, man. God, oh, yeah. I'm kidding. Not a drop to drink, apparently. I know. It's like, fuck. <laughs> save some for us. <laughs> Okay, well, back to the aforementioned allthingsinteresting.com. In (laughs) in 1834, Woodruff goes on to sell the plantation to a gentleman called Ruffin Gray Sterling. And Sterling not only remodels the house, but also renames the plantation after the crepe myrtle trees that grew on the property, thus giving it the name Myrtle Plantation. Now, sometime thereafter, the plantation is passed on to William Winter, a man who married one of the daughters of Sterling. So, again, keeping the property in the family. And then you fast forward to 1871, and an unnamed man shoots Mr. Winter in the chest. Winter then allegedly ran back into the house, stumbled up the stairs, and died in the arms of his wife, Sarah. And after this, the Myrtles continues to pass down through different hands, But it wasn't until much later that something unnaturally allegedly began occurring on the plantation in the vein of the paranormal. It would take up until the 1970s, supposedly, unless Preston wants to argue this, when the Myrtles Plantation was purchased by the Myers family, and that it would then gain the reputation as a haunted house. Now, the Myers family opens up the plantation as a bed and breakfast, and it didn't take long for strange things to start happening. So, so for for starters, guests at the Myrtles Plantation would report hearing strange noises. Other guests would begin to see ghostly apparitions, often of a young girl wearing a turban. 
Many suggest this might actually be the spirit of Chloe, who at this point had become a full-blown local legend. And then again in 1992, the owner of the Myrtles Plantation supposedly caught her on film. And you can Google yourself all around the internet and find, you know, supposed photos of ghost activities on the Myrtles. So just go nuts. We're not going to include any of those photos. Later that year, though, she took a photo of the property to help get insurance policies for the house, and the photo is quickly forgotten until three years later when a researcher asked to use it for a postcard, and after blowing it up, the researcher discovered, allegedly, you can see the figure of a young girl in the camera. Now, I might include that photo because it's kind of interesting. If you guys scroll down. It is. They actually have that photo on site, so at the end of the tour, when you go back outside, they have it on the wall there. And mm -hmm. how they were explaining it is like, so like you were saying, like with it being historically registered, they have to get a lot of insurance for it. And so insurance companies mm -hmm. are constantly wanting like photos, like, are you guys putting up cameras? Like what's the state of the building? And so they'll have people out there like nonstop, like snap, snap, photo, photo. Mm -hmm. And they discovered this and then they took it in to have somebody actually analyze it because it, it was kind of coming up at the time where you could doctor a photo like you could run it through photoshop um, but they actually have the original negatives and so now they're looking at it how do we how do we look at this negative and how do we see if this has been tampered with and so by reviewing it and you know basically science woo they discovered like mm -hmm. No, that it hasn't been tampered with. Like that's actually there on the negative. But then, as they're running it through tests and then redeveloping uh, photos fr from that in a dark room, that's when, like four photos later, the two silhouettes of the children appear on the rooftop above the figure. Let's call her Chloe that weren't originally in the negative, and they have no explanation of how those silhouettes of the children got there. But it, it kind of backs up that story that, yes, like this woman truly cared about these children and that's what tied them all together. And, and so that, you know, that part there was pretty fucking creepy. I'm like, oh, my God. So. Oh, wow. OK. Now, the photo on this website, does that have these supposed children in it as well? I didn't I didn't look at the photo on the website, dog. I, I couldn't get through oh. all the ads. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just you know going to school them anyway. So I don't need it's to like, read fuck, oh, your, you fuck mean, your website, bro. I lived it. Well, that's not the only bit of paranormal um, happenings on the plantation. Other people claim to have seen young girls in old-style clothing in the windows. Some say they've caught glimpses of the Woodruff's children appearing in the mirror near the room where they were both poisoned and died. But worse yet, according to other local legends, the Myrtles Plantation was actually built on top of an Indian burial ground. Of course. A common idea in plenty of tales of paranormal activity and Hollywood movies alike. It's said that the plantation is rumored to be on top of an ancient burial ground for the Tunica Indians that were said to take up that land well before they actually put the plantation on it. And so many people claim to have seen spirits of Native American women in the gazebo on the property. Presumably, um, they were buried there long, long ago. And meanwhile, other people have reported seeing William Winter, the only man we know to have been killed on the Myrtles Plantation, wandering around the property, stumbling up the stairs. Apparently, he relives his last moments by loudly staggering through the house entrance and running up the stairs just to die on the 17th step where apparently he met his end. <laughs> over and over again, like Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> Poor fucker. 
<laughs> Other people even claim to have caught the ghost on film, although some of these photos are undeniably spooky. They look somewhat grainy and raise suspicions just like many of the other famous photos and videos from the property. So Preston, what says you, buddy? Because that's the end of my article. Yeah, that place is fucked. Um. <laughs> <laughs> can you attest to some of these hauntings then? Yeah, I can. Um, so out of all the places that Jeffrey and I have stayed at, I've I've never once just um, like felt uneasy being in that place. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your disposition and your mood changes going going there. Um, there is some hardcore fucking ghosties that this one mom and daughter were like, we've sat on the plantation 25 times and we have a whole list of shit that happened to us. Okay, they're fucking happy-go-lucky. I don't know what's going on with them, but for me, like, staying at the Stanley, never had a change in disposition. You know, staying at... The Manger, staying at the Crescent, like all these places, like never once did. I'm just like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeffrey and I both experienced that. And when we pulled up to the plantation, I mean, we were both super excited. Like we were both in a good mood. Now, mind you, we walked fucking river walk like two, three days in a row. <laughs> so I already had like 26 miles in of river walk walking. Damn, we fucking walked the French Quarter for two days. So we pull into this plantation and she's like, oh, I want to walk the grounds. Super excited. Don't blame her. Daddy's feet were sore and I wanted to take a shit. And I also wanted to like kind of freshen up a little bit before we had a nice romantic dinner at the <laughs> 1970 or the 1796 restaurant. So I'm just like, honey, Knock yourself out. You go take photos. Go do your thing. Um, I'm going to relax in the room for a second. So we were, we were up on a balcony floor, kind of secluded by ourselves, and got done doing my business, got done freshening up a little bit, and I decided, like, I'm just going to chill in the bed and going to watch a little YouTube on my phone. And from where I'm sitting at, there's, like, a window, a door, and then another window. Well, that second window, that's the end of the balcony. So there's nowhere else. If anybody's walking in front of that, there's nowhere else for you to go. Like, it's, that's the fucking end of the line. And as I'm sitting there with the windows open and I'm looking at my phone, out of the corner of my eyes, I see somebody walk in front of the first window. And then I'm thinking for a second, like, I don't know, it's probably Jeffrey coming back, but then the door doesn't open. So I get up, open up the door, and there's nobody there. Like, whatever the fuck was there, just fucking, just once it got past the door, just completely fucking vanished. And originally, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, it was her, but then, you know, this person probably, or whatever it was, let's just say, like, 5'4", five, 5'3", five, 5'5", five, five, so around Jeffrey's height. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. were wearing, like, a long sleeve white shirt. And that's the thing that kind of stood out for me, because I'm thinking, like, you know, what's the closest way to describe this shirt? And I kind of sent you, Sean, like a picture of like a plant, you know, what back in the day, kind of like what somebody would have wore if they worked on a plantation or if they just lived in the South. And it's kind of like that long sleeve cotton linen shirt. And it was white. It was bright. Like you can't miss it. And then they walk past the window and they fucking disappear. So she got back. I was all excited. I'm like, oh my God. So fucking somebody just walked in front of the window and fucking disappeared. Like I'm running around the courtyard, running around the other balconies trying to see. And like, no, no, nobody was there. Like they literally walked past the window and they just fucking vanished. So 
She gets ready. Oh. We go have dinner. Dinner was great. We, you know, go back to the hotel room or the little cottage room, chill for a minute, and then go on the tour. And True. there was a lot, a lot of people there that night. Like, you know, it's getting close to like Halloween. This fucking place is like booming with tourists. Like everybody's like, we got to go on a ghost tour. Got to go on a ghost tour. And we're jam packed in this fucking small like entryway. And, you know, and the lady starts talking about the haunted mirror and starts giving us like this history lesson. It's fucking hot. I'm sweating my fucking balls <laughs> off here. Like I'm just drenching in sweat. I'm fucking miserable. Fresh up didn't help like, out, my fucking, did it, bud? Yeah, my fucking back's on fire, my fucking arm's on fire. Like, I, all of a sudden, like, my mood just changed. Like, I'm just in this bad fucking mood at this point. And so we go into, the like, the, the next room where it's supposed to be Chloe's room. It was, like, the, the ladies' parlor where everybody could get ready, and that's, like, where the kids were and stuff. And the tour guide starts to tell the story that originally back in the 90s that you know, they really hammed it up when they did these like reenactments and tours. So they actually had people like dressed back in, you know, the 1700s. Like, you know, if you were the Lord of the Manor, like, you know, you had your fancy clothes. If you're plantation workers, you had your whites on and they actually hired a very attractive black woman, a young black woman to play Chloe. So in the middle of the ghost tour, she would come out and light a candle and pretend to tuck the fake baby in the crib and singing a song or whatever. What and oh, it, it, it was just the <laughs> rave back in the day. I mean, everybody loved it. They're just like, cheese, I need more cheese. This is great. So about a month <laughs> of doing this, she's, you know, she's done this a hundred times. So she comes out of the corner door She's got her old-timey candle lit. She's getting ready to, you know, tuck in the kids. And she's turned into the crowd. And, like, the room is just dead silent. The room got cold. Everybody in the room saw it. Right in front of her was a almost mirror image of a young, attractive African-American woman in, you know, slave outfit with a green turban with a candle fucking staring her back in the eye. So the whole room's just like, oh my God, what what the fuck's going on? The huh. actress is just like, I can't move. I'm like, I'm full of fear. What do I do? The apparition or whatever this other person was walks up to her and fucking blows out the candle and the whole room just freaks the fuck out. Shut the fuck up. So man. then the lady's like, yeah, the lady's like, no, I'm not doing this ever again. Like, fuck you guys. Like, nope, not doing it. There's some bad shit going on. Like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, but we got like five more tours booked. Like, you really, you got to help us out here. Like, we're screwed because this is what people, they love the reenactments. Like, the cheese factor is like at a 10. Like, you have to help us out. She's like, okay, so what I need you to do is as soon as I come out, I need a big man. Like, the biggest, strongest, toughest motherfucker you got, I want him standing outside that door. And then when I leave, I want another big guy, the second strongest, mother, baddest motherfucker you got on the other side of the door. And then also, I want X amount of money. And so she came back, <laughs> did, like, two more shows. It was like, peace, I'm out. So we, we, get told, we get told that story, and she's like, okay, let's go back in the other room and... I'm just, I'm like, I'm fucking hot. So she talked about how like this one corner of the room is Chloe's corner. So I'm like going over there and I'm checking it out. 
fucking instantly it's ice fucking cold and i had to tell you what at that point in time i was like this is the best fucking sensation i've ever felt in my whole entire life i don't even fucking care at this point if a fucking demon comes out of the sixth gate of hell or i'm about to see some fucking ghost girl who's just pissed as shit i'm like it's ice fucking cold in this corner and it feels fucking amazing i'm going to stand here for a minute and then jeffrey comes back in the room and she's like hey what's going on i'm just like Shh, just let me stand here and then the tour guide's like, hurry up. If y'all don't come back in here, we got another group. You're just going to be left behind. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, you know, let's, let's go into the, you know, the dining room area now. And so she starts talking about other stories and about how, you know, this is where you can feel the kids tugging on your pants and, you know, you can, all this other weird crap happens. There's a like four pictures, like old oil paintings of the family, of the family hanging up. And mm-hmm. when she got done talking about it and we're going into the next room, Jeffrey looked at me and said, hey, can I ask you something about that painting? And I just stopped her. I'm like, yes, like 100%. That fucking thing is fucking changing. Like the face is getting more skeletal. The face is getting more gaunt. Like it's I don't know what the fuck's going on, but let's go in this other fucking room. And she's like, it kept fucking staring at me. And she's like. I didn't want to look directly at it, but I could tell something was going on out of the corner of my eye. Like it was changing, but I didn't want to make eye contact. I'm like, Nope, let's go. So we go into the next (laughs) room. Yeah. And there's like this like chandelier, like hanging up in the corner. And they're talking about like, this was the parlor. And you know, the, the, the guy that got shot, his wife was always looking like looked out the window and saw it. So people can see her ghost here and blah, blah, blah. And so as they're talking about more of the history, literally you could see that chandelier get a little bit brighter and a little bit darker, a little bit brighter, and a, but it was very, it was just very subtle. So if you weren't directly looking at it, you probably wouldn't have noticed it, but I'm like fixated. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like at this point, like, I'm like, I, I it's like hallucination. I feel like I'm fucking like high as a fucking kite and like, I have no idea what's <laughs> going on. And then all of a sudden they just... And the lights just flash bright and everybody freaks the fuck out. And then I'm like, I'm lightheaded. I don't feel good. I'm fucking sweating again. I just want to get the fuck out of this room. We go over to the last like little parlor. And then there's this picture painted in the late 1800s of one of the children that died there of yellow fever. Now, nothing like freaky or anything happened with this photo and, you know, nothing else at this point of the tour, like it was just really mellow, but the history of it was when they painted that photo, they knew the girl was going to die. And so if you look at half, like the left side, she's very full of life. She's kind of chubby. You know, she looks like a little chubby two-year-old girl. She's got vibrant hair. And then you get to the right side of the painting. And that was taken after she had died. And it was like a deathbed painting because then the features get more gaunt and the, like her arm gets smaller her hair is less voluptuous, like it's flatter. And so we kind of got a history lesson that sometimes like when you knew a loved one was dying, you would paint half of the painting of what they looked like while they were alive. And then you would go back and you'd paint the other half of what they looked like after they were dead. So then wow. I thought that was kind of cool. Then they kicked huh. us out onto like the front porch and I'm like, oh my God, fucking fall weather. This is amazing. Like I feel like I'm cooling off. We talked about the the photo um, that they had captured, and you know they actually have it printed for you to like look at it. And then she's like, "Okay, cool, um, tour's over with. Thanks." So Jeffrey and I were like walking the grounds. We're like, "We're not going back in yet, so let's just walk around." 
the like little area that they have set up where you check in and they have like a cafe and a gift shop. One of the windows when we were looking through it, there was like this other portrait. It wasn't like an old portrait. This is something somebody had painted and just kind of like we're going to hang it up on the wall. But the same fucking thing was happening. Like this fucking face was like creepy. It was fucking like changing and getting more gaunt. And we're both just like eyeballing it. Like what the fuck's going on? We called in a night. We're like, let's go back to the let's go back to the room. Um, we watched uh, signed on to uh, uh, Peacock. Watched Halloween Kills. She fell asleep. I shut the TV off and I fall asleep. 2.30 in the morning, like, I'm kind of, like, opening and closing my eyes. And I notice, like, there's a lot of lights flashing in the room. And at first, I'm just like, dude, I just want to go to, I just want to go back to bed. Like, I feel like shit. I don't want to deal with this. And then all of a sudden, like, I pop out of bed and the fucking TV had turned back on. Like, Ooh. literally, <laughs> the remote was on the other side of the room. I had shut the TV off and laid it on the little nightstand, like, away from me. It was off. It was dark when I went to sleep. I'm fucking, like, in and out of it. I'm seeing a bunch of lights flashing. I wake up and the fucking TV's back on by itself. And at this point, I'm just like, you fucking lame-ass, lazy-ass ghost. Like, this is the best that you could do. And Jeffrey wakes up, like, "Honey, please be nice." And yeah, then went back it. to sleep. And the, <laughs> like, do that on your yeah, own yeah, time. Calm down, Zach Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm going back to sleep." Well, so this is kind of where, like, when I, I talk about, like, you know, the place has bad, it has a bad vibe. Like, it's got some bad juju going on. So going <laughs> going into uh, the plantation like that day, Jeffrey was coming down with an, with a, uh, like with an illness. She didn't want, she said I could tell the story. She just didn't want me to go into like full on detail about it because it is kind of personal. But so she, she was slightly under, under the weather, but the symptoms, like everything, they were almost non-existent. So it it wasn't like we were thinking anything of it Mm -hmm. the next morning. Like we're getting ready to check out she could not walk down to uh, to the checkout place, the restaurant where, um, they, you know, they had like the little breakfast eatery and they had all the gift shop. Like she couldn't even make it down there. Like she had to go back to the room. She's like, I need you to hurry up with breakfast um, because we need to go to uh, like an emergent care. And I said, OK, let me just let us get checked out. Side note, that fucking photo hanging up in there was completely fucking normal when I was looking at it that morning. Versus the uh-huh. night before. So Ooh. whatever the fucking was going on the night before, I don't know. Anyways, we drive like 20 minutes to an emergent care, get checked in. Um, she does like some blood work and some other stuff. And the test results come back. And the the, the nurse was like, yeah, I mean, you're sick. This is what you got going on. But she's like, it's very mild. Like, you, you're not you're not that bad. Like, your white blood cell count is raised, but it, it's not that bad. Let me call in a prescription down to the Walmart down the street, and you guys are good to go. By the time that we had gotten in the car, got off the property, and maybe like 15 minutes out, Jeffrey started to feel just immediately better. By the time Mm -hmm. we got to the Walmart to pick up her prescriptions, all of her symptoms were exactly like they were the day before, very mild, very non-existent. So whatever was going on, had, we both felt like had intensified her her symptoms that morning. Wow. And we were just like, fuck it. We're getting out of this place. Like, there's some bad juju. Um, I mean, between the fucking TV coming on, 
the fucking dude walking in front of the, you know, the window, the fucking paintings getting all demonic and like Ghostbusters 2 going on. <laughs> we're just As I say, man, you it's totally haunted. got Vigoed uh, the Carpathian, man. Yeah, we we got Vigoed while we were there and we're just like, fuck it, we're <laughs> over it. Uh, and she said the same thing. Creep. She goes, that whole entire time during the tour, she's like, I did not feel good. Like, there's something about being in that house. She's like, really messed with me. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm good. Like, you know, we're going to another haunted hotel. If nothing else happens this whole entire trip, honey, I'm, I'm fine with it. So, what uh, do you think? Maybe it's because you spent so much time going to these these uh, haunted what do you mean? haunted places. You're around so much haunted places that maybe <sighs> you caught something, man. You got an STD from a spirit. Yeah, I got, from, got a ghost STD. um you know and i honestly think i don't like like i was saying in the beginning of the episode like staying at the stanley and some of these places like people have died at these hotels like even at the arlington the guy told me like people will come down go to the bathhouse and be on nitro and not tell like the masseuse and then they go and they sit in 110 degree water and you know take a bath and then go up to the room and have a fucking heart attack right like yeah. A lot of these these Jeez. hotels, death is very natural. You know, you go to a hotel and it's like the the fucking elevator stops and puts you on the wrong floor, or like you just see somebody like a maid folding clothes and they disappear. Like it's not a bad vibe. Like you can like when we were at the Stanley, the our experience was we woke up at like three in the morning and there was a little girl outside the door saying "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy," and then when I opened up the door, like there was nobody there. I, I mean, that's pretty mild. Like, if you think in retrospect to what we watch in horror movies and other things, like having this voice say daddy and then not being there, like, fuck, that's nothing. That's vanilla. Who gives mm-hmm. a shit? You know, having the TV turn on or turn on by itself in the middle of the night in retrospect, that's that's literally nothing. But out of all these other places, like, the death was a very, a very natural thing. This place, they were digging a well, and they had to go like 200, 350, you know, 350 feet down, and it was lined by the hands of the slaves, and a lot of slaves died building yeah, this some, well. These slaves shit. that were put on this, yeah, these slaves that were put on this plantation, and that's the one thing I learned about the voodoo tour is, you know, I always thought like voodoo was more of like a Haitian thing or a Jamaican thing. It's after it's actually out of like certain parts of Africa, which are where most of these slaves came from. Hmm. So if this is their major religion. And this is what they're practicing to help free themselves, to make their lives better, to get revenge on the plantation owners. There's a lot of dark fucking magic and weird shit going on in that place. That's been going on for like hundreds of years. Yeah. Like you have no idea like what the real power of those rituals I and bet. you know what they were doing. They weren't allowed to practice that shit in the house. But when they went back to the quarters at night in the middle of 200 acres, they were doing all sorts of shit out there yeah, that you have no idea chickens about. chickens and shit. Yeah. And I, I think whatever it was, like, that's 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 that bad juju right there. Like, that's that bad vibe. And even, like, the tour guy said, like, there's one room where everybody reports, like, sleep paralysis. Like, there's somebody pushing down on the bed, Oof. and everybody reports of being choked. Sean's signing up for that. That's not, like, a normal, like, <laughs> some dude just died and's like, I'm fucking with people. Like, that's some evil, demonic, not happy shit going on right yeah. there. And, like, when you go to that place, and, like, you know, that's the other thing, too. That building, that house is so old, like, all the wiring is, like, fucking shitty old copper wiring, and it's it's scientific. It's proven. 
that if you're around like that you know, unsheathed wire and it, the EMF waves and how it hits you, like that changes your demeanor. That makes you feel like you're sick, like you're going to vomit, like you're lightheaded, like you're high. Like all of those things combined, it's just like a big bubbly cauldron of satanic bullshit. And um, I don't know, probably would not recommend for the lighthearted. Like uh, if you just want to like have somebody like scratch your foot in the middle of the night, uh, fucking go to the Stanley. Um, if you potentially want to get cursed or uh, you know have the life force sucked out of you, go to the Myrtles. You know. Oh wow! I hope you're not cursed. Now Jeffrey's okay today, right? She's fine. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like awesome, like I said, awesome, the minute man. we got out of the plantation, it was like a three sixty turnaround, and like it's nothing. That's so wild. Well, like Steve, what you asked earlier, I was going to kind of piggyback on that, like we're really into this kind of thing and like to the point where um, maybe we go chase after on honeymoons (laughs) to be exact. But like the thing is when you look into the abyss, so to speak, the abyss begins to look back at you. So it's one thing to go on ghost hunts and ghost tours and stuff like that and have fun on vacation. But like when you look into it and let me get kind of cheesy fear for a second here, when you look into it for as long as we have and you actively and openly pursue it and chase after it that i think is when that energy so to speak uh be it you know bad juju be it bad you know black magic or curses or whatever that energy begins to notice you like oh hey there's that guy again and then it kind of latches on and it's like okay you want this buddy well fucking come and get it Mm -hmm. you know they serve you up a full plate of holy shit now you're possessed by a ghost painting and it just gets easier and easier the more and more you invite this stuff in for something to be like, oh, oh, hey, here's a beacon, you know, and then cross over or expose you to something or latch on to you. So, I mean, if there's an old ancient curse or something like that, yeah, sure. It's going to latch on to Preston and Jeffrey because they're into it. You're always thinking about it, too. You know, like having the podcast, we're always thinking about topics yeah. and looking at weird shit and Googling weird shit. So, I mean, like... We're like a Motel 6 for some of this kind of normal <laughs> stuff, you know? Like, the fucking light's always on. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's the thing. Like, uh, the voodoo tour guide in New Orleans had said, like, he he personally, like, doesn't believe in it because the minute mm-hmm. he gives it any credence, now it has power over him. So, right. like, you know, his wife is like a voodoo priestess. She's got the fucking, you know, the the voodoo dolls. He's like, I don't give it any credence because the minute I give it credence, now she has power over me. Um, You know, she can use it as a tool to get out her frustration from me. But the minute I put any faith into it and I believe in it, now it's got magical power over me. And I, I, you know, I don't I don't want any of that. It's like going to the doctor and the doctor tell, you know, tells me I, I got a bone spur. I don't have a bone spur. The doctor said that. So if I start believing what the doctor says, then I'm giving power to whatever that ailment is, and I ain't going to fucking do it. I'm just like, cool, Nate. Thanks for the story. Yeah. I mean, if your doctor says you have a bone spur, you probably still have it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, science would tell you, yes. Yeah. I mean, your mental state will, you know, help you out in times of medical shit. Well, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have cancer. No, I don't, man. I don't believe it. You know, I don't believe in it. I, I mean, stranger things have happened, yeah. right? I fully believe in some mind over matter in certain cases and the power of positivity. But, 
yeah, still, you know, maybe if your doctor says you have high blood pressure, maybe go take your medicine. In fact, do go take your medicine. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, that's fucking wild, man. I know I got a few texts one-on-one from you uh, with, like, you saying, holy shit, and getting a picture of that painting. And I'm just like, wow, that is that is uh, one uh, scary painting. And then you text Steve and I, and you're just like, yeah, Myrtle Plantation. It's got some bad juju. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, that place is fucked. Like, yeah. And we, we thought about, like, I don't know, maybe we'll go back. I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. So Yeah. The only problem I have with any of those places, and I've been to plenty, you know, the Stanley and the Crescent and the Basin and all that, I want to be able to have someone take me to three hotels on a vacation. One of the hotels will be a classically, you know, top ten America's haunted hotels. The other two will not be. And then I want to know, like, I don't want to know which one's haunted until after the trip. But is it possible to go into one of these places completely ignorant to the fact that it's supposed to be haunted and get the same exact response? Yeah. Yeah. You know, not not doubting anything you just said, but just like the fact that you walk in there knowing, oh man, Myrtle's Plantation, top three haunted hotels of America, baby. You've already got the antenna on, and you're already like tuned into the frequency. Yeah, you, you want know? that. So, you want that all natural. Yeah, baby. Uh, or you're like me, and you get the opposite. When we went to the basin, and we were told there's a promiscuous ghost that crawls into bed with men on the fourth floor, mm. and. I woke up to a woman with a flowing, glowing evening gown, and after about five minutes of like, come on, let's get on with this, I realized it was just the light coming <laughs> in the window and the shadows of the curtains blowing <laughs> in the air conditioner. Because uh, I was, you know, again, I was tuned in. Let's get this going. And then, yeah. no, I'm just a moron who can't see shit without his glasses on. That's funny. And the, like, two of the other hotels that we stayed at, um, Jeffrey kind of she didn't do her research, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. she didn't like research in advance. Like, okay, so w- what's the most haunted room? Like what's the most haunted floor? She just called it up and said, look, we're on our honeymoon. We want, you know, we just want a really nice room. And then we get there and then, yeah, there's no activity, no nothing reported on the floor that we're staying. And guess what? Nothing fucking happened. Like hotel smelled great. The service was great. The breakfast was great, but uh, the rooms were pretty but nothing that place like the Myrtles, because like I said, you know, you have like three, 400 years of slavery going on and just every bad deed going on in that, like that whole place is just fucked. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you're staying at. Like something's going to happen. Whereas some of those other ones, like, unless you know what room to stay in, like it's probably just going to be a vanilla experience. Like I stayed at a really cool hotel. It was nice. (laughs) yeah very true well i'm glad you had a really really good trip and you guys made it back safe and sound and i'm very happy to hear that you know jeffrey's feeling better after whatever experience she had that just sounds like a horrible way to spend your uh, honeymoon for Mm -hmm. sure all right guys well thank you for joining us steve thank you sir for jumping back on with us and hopefully you'll be able to make it on um as much as you can yeah definitely um over the next couple months man definitely want to it's good hearing your voice steve Appreciate yeah. you hearing you guys' voice too. Yeah, definitely. Things are going dude. good. And we'll uh, we'll have the Halloween episode we record next week, so make sure you join us for that, buddy, because we need you. Uh, I got some good stories. We've got some stuff um, from across the globe. We've got some international stuff coming our way too, so that'll be a lot of fun. Sweet. 
Awesome. Well, let's get out of here. If you're on the social medias, follow us. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us on the Instagram at PXL Paranormal. Check us out on Facebook, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Um, be sure to tell your friends, your family about the new feeds. Tell them about the podcast. If it's your first time tuning in, um, welcome. Enjoy yourself, please. Um, we hope you enjoy everything we have. Presto, talk to me about some YouTube, would you? 218 subscribers, baby. Boom. We're slowly yeah. going up because I think last time we were at 214, 215, so we gained at least three, and those are pretty yep, solid four, numbers right four there. Four new listeners, uh, four new subscribers since last yeah. time, wow. so that's exciting stuff. Yeah. And if you guys have any stories you want to submit, I know it's kind of uh, late notice, but we're going to be recording the Halloween episode on Let's see here, Sunday the 30th. So you have until the 30th to email, text, message, DM, or send us a voicemail of your own personal paranormal stories if you want them included in the Halloween special. And, you know, we haven't had a voicemail for a hot minute, so let me drop that number again. If you want to leave us a Google Voice, our phone number is 913-662-3144. Drop us a line and leave us a story. I think you can leave up to like a two or three minute long recording. If it cuts you off, just call right back and I can splice it together. And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the best goddamn beard that you can grow, hell, if you're sitting in the Manger Bar at the Manger Hotel and you're wondering, <laughs> why isn't Teddy Roosevelt coming up and trying to get me into the Rough Riders? I tell you why. Teddy doesn't like the way your face smells. Teddy thinks you're a lame ass. And if you had Dobbs in your face, maybe a little sweet tobacco, maybe some fresh citrus mint classic, mm -hmm. Teddy would be like, you know what? You deserve to be in the Rough Riders. Mm -hmm. So get it all, get it at Dobbs, and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. All right, and if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see our friends Leslie and the rest of the gang down at CD Trade Post. Also, if you're in the Wichita area, you got to drop by and see The Gate, which is a really badass heavy metal record and horror store here in Wichita, oh, yeah. Kansas. Shout out to Russell. And also, yeah, man, say what's up to Russell. And then also, if you go north a little bit, there's also a new record store here in town called The Record Ship. And Les, who runs that, man, hooked me up today. I found a white whale, uh, speaking of hidden treasures, and picked up a copy of Mondo's Halloween 3 Season of the Witch on vinyl, which I could not be more fucking thrilled about. So, yeah, check those places out. They are two really awesome shops in town and uh, ran by two awesome, really awesome dudes. So, All right, well, until next week, cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.